And welcome everyone to my show, The John Kirkland Show, the inaugural first episode of it. Good morning. I'm telling you, I don't I don't even know where to even start with the way we're going with sports. This is unprecedented right now. I'm just I don't even know what to say. I mean, from the way the NFL is going, from college basketball to just all these different upsets that we're having. Um, a lot to get into. Uh, we're going to start with the NFL. The Bills in Houston. That was a funny game because that game went into overtime. And the final score was 19-22. to 22. Houston wins uh, in overtime. Uh, but what stood out to me in that game was uh, Josh Allen, the quarterback. He actually went um, 24 out of 46, 264 with no touchdowns, but he had nine carries for 92 yards, which I thought from a quarterback standpoint, it was it was really impressive um, just on the fact that uh, you don't always see a quarterback run unless you're Lamar Jackson or you're just a natural running quarterback. You don't see a lot of quarterbacks in this game, at least at the NFL level anyway, that's going to get 92 yards, 100 yards um, of that sort. Uh, so that was, I thought that was impressive. Uh, they held, um, they held the bills, but the Texans defense was really good also. Uh, they held the Bills to just 80 yards rushing, which is which is pretty which is pretty good, which is pretty good. I might add, um, they did really well. Uh, Deshaun Watson had 14 carries for 55 yards. He we, he went 20 of uh, 25 passes, 247, uh, one touchdown. Uh, D Hop, uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins had six catches for 90 yards. Um, it was tough. The Texans outscored the Bills 19 to 6 in the second half. Um, that's called resilience, ladies and gentlemen. That's resilience. I mean, 19 to 6 in the second half uh to, to win that ball game. That was that ball game went into overtime. Now, I, I want to get into this for a moment. First of all, we have to say congratulations to Buffalo. I mean, they had a really good year. I bet you, if you think back to when Josh Allen was even drafted, I don't think any of us thought he would be this good at this level right away. I mean, this guy is impressive. If you're not watching him, I don't know what you're watching. But but Buffalo has some some good they got Cole Beasley. They got some decent players. I just think they need to add more to the running game. I didn't think they had much of a running game at all. Um, I saw Singletary, but I just didn't think he was real effective in the backfield. Um, but I thought defensively uh, the Bills did the best they could for what they had. I think they still need to add more to it. But the one thing that we know about Buffalo is that if they put the pieces together, if they put the puzzle together, they may go a little further than what they went this year. Uh, Houston just wanted it more in the second half. Um, they were just tough. They were just tough to beat. And uh, so they're going to move on uh, to the next round. Tennessee and New England. This was a very interesting game because, you know, you're, you're talking about arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in this game today. Hands down. You can't argue 
at all. It's not even up for discussion. Uh, Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady didn't have the impressive game that that we know he could have had. Um, you know, he had a couple of you know wide receivers drop drop passes, and I think when you look at the final score, twenty to thirteen. Yes, it's true. Tennessee was six points better than New England. They were. Bottom line, there's there's nothing we can say because that was the performance. New England did, I thought they did what they could for what they had. If you want to say, oh, they had injuries, they had this, they had that. I thought they did okay. But it just wasn't good enough. And when you're playing in the playoffs as at that magnitude, okay, it's just not good enough. And that's what we found out. You also got to look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady went 20 of 37. He went 20 of 37 for 209, zero touchdowns, one interception. Now, I've never seen Tom Brady win a game without throwing a touchdown pass, at least not in the playoffs. And it's not too many wins you're going to get without throwing the touchdown pass. Uh, Sonny Michelle had 14 carries for 61 yards, no touchdowns. So, again, no one can really get uh, in the end zone for New England. Um, and, and and from a statistical standpoint, New Eng- uh, the Titans' defense was superb. Um, they held New England to zero points in the second half. They couldn't do anything. You know, they couldn't do anything at that point. That was probably the roughest season I've seen Tom Brady have in some time. Because, again, the, Tom Brady's a guy that, you know, when we when we talk about the best quarterbacks, we talk about the Aaron Rodgers, we talk about the Tom Brady's, we talk about the Peyton Mannings. We talk, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, it's like these guys find a way to get it done. And and I want people to realize this. Tom Brady has nothing to be ashamed about. I mean, you you guys can say, you know, send all the memes and all the negativity. But you got to understand, this guy has been doing it for so many years at a high level for 19, 20 years. And he's been winning. I mean, four, what is it, four out of six Super Bowls or something? Um, and he's won all those appearances. So you got to give him you got to give him some love on that. I mean. Like him or not, numbers don't lie. He's still one of the greatest of all time. I also want to talk about, um, you know, Tannehill. Tannehill had 8 of 16 for 72 yards. This is the funny stat to me. Out of 16 passes, Tannehill only completed 8 for 72 yards, and they were able to beat Tom Brady by 20 to 13. This is an unbelievable stat. Because if you think about it, if you can name any quarterback besides the stat I just read you, to throw for 72 yards on the road in New England and you beat Tom Brady and the Patriots with 72 yards passing and um, one touchdown. Derrick Henry had 34 carries for 182 yards. He ran through New England, on the side of New England, in the middle of New England. I mean, he went any way he wanted to. I mean, it was just a remarkable game. I mean, I can't say enough about Tennessee and what they've done um, throughout the season and what they've done 
um, against New England Saturday night. That was that was just impressive. Now, here's the big game. <clears throat> Minnesota and the Saints. Now, th- th- this game bothers me. It bothers me because Drew Brees has played lights out all year. Lights out all year. Minnesota has struggled most of the year. Minnesota, this was not the same Minnesota team I saw throughout the year. It it just it just was unbelievable. Let's get to it. The final score was 26-20. <clears throat> Minnesota, excuse me. Uh Kirk Cousins went 19 of 31, 242, one touchdown. Derek uh um Cook, D. Cook had 28 carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Very interesting. Um, Adam Thielen had seven catches for 129 yards, zero touchdowns. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about a Minnesota team who out. Basically, we're talking about a Minnesota team who scored. Who scored six points in the final moment to win. Drew Brees went 26 of 33, 208, one touchdown, one interception. Now, let me tell you how good this Minnesota defense is. They held Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray to just 21 rushing yards apiece. 21. 21 yards apiece. Now, Kamara has to be top 10, top five, you know, running back in the league. Got to be. And he was held to just 21 yards. That's a tough defense. And I'll tell you something else. And I was just I was just talking to somebody tonight. The bottom line is, is that if you think for just a moment. That San Francisco. Says, well, we shouldn't be worried. We're not worried about Minnesota's defense. Uh, I think you should be. I think you should be. Because if this is the same Minnesota team who marched into New Orleans and beat New Orleans, you're probably looking at the same Minnesota team who's going to march into San Francisco next week or this Saturday, and they're going to kick butt, especially on defense. Now, the question was brought to my attention this this evening, and the question was, what is it going to take for Minnesota to upset San Francisco? Well, What's, what it's going to take is Kirk Cousins has to have the game of his life. That that's that's first and foremost because it starts with your leader, your quarterback, and then and then uh, Delvin Cook is going to have to do what he's been doing all year. Lights out, play lights out ball. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, they're going to have to play. They're just they're just going to have to outplay San Francisco's defense. If they can do that, it's going to be a long night for San Francisco, especially if this defense of, of what we saw tonight. If this defense can get after Jimmy Garoppolo, if Jimmy G gets pressure and he's turning the ball over, it's going to be a long night for the 49ers. And I think those are just I just named two characteristics that will be a factor in the way that San Francisco has to adjust to that pass rush, which is going to, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough either way it goes. And and first of all, I'm not discrediting um, the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers have played, I mean, lights out. I mean, you know, they've, they did their thing this year for sure. 
but I, I just think that I'm not sold on Jimmy G. I've said it all year. I don't think he's worth $150 million or 140 or whatever it is. You, you got to show me. You got to show me. He needs to show me that he's worth that. I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it. But what's going to make me believe Jimmy G is worth that, show me, show me what you can do when it counts. Show me what you can do when it matters. See, the regular season games don't matter. It's what you do in the playoffs. It's, what, it's, it's, it's how you get to the Super Bowl and get the job done. I mean, that's what we're talking about. So when it happens and it counts, that's what we're talking about. That's going to be that's going to be where it is. Um, can San Francisco get to the Super Bowl? I think San Francisco can. I think they have a clear cut now that now that the uh, Saints are out. I think they got a great shot. Now the question is, will they get there? That remains to be seen. But do they have a shot? Absolutely. Moving forward. Seahawks versus Eagles. Uh, you know, <clears throat> first of all, let me say this. I, I feel sorry for Carson Wentz. Uh, he can't he can't catch a break. Um, the Eagles played like 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 I thought I was watching Pop Warner football. Uh, it was horrible. But let's start with the stats here. Um, Russell Wilson had 45 yards rushing. He went 18 of 30 for 325 yards and one touchdown. Uh, going, Let's dig into Seattle for a minute. First and foremost, I don't think that one touchdown for 345 yards is, gonna, is enough to beat the 49ers because that's who they're going to play next week. I don't think so. I don't. I think it's going to take a little bit more. Uh, DK Metcalf had seven catches for 160 yards, one touchdown. I think it's going to take more. It's, it's, it's going to. He has to play. He has to play the same way. Has to play the same way. Um, he has to play the same way. Period. Um, I think that the Seahawks. I was just talking about this earlier this evening. The Seahawks have to know how to use Marshawn Lynch in order for Marshawn to be effective. You know, this is a short yardage power back. You know, if he's if he's you know, fourth and one, fourth and two, goal line. I don't care if it's fourth and five. Marshawn getting the rock, period. You got to be able to use this guy. You got to you got to know how to use him. And I think that's where the Achilles heel is going to be for uh, the Seattle. It's going to be the Achilles heel because they 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 got to be able to use use this guy. I didn't like the way they used him today. Um, Josh McCown for the Eagles went 18 of 24, 174. He didn't throw a touchdown or an interception. Uh, Seattle, Seattle outscored uh, the Eagles uh, seven to six in the second half in order to win. Uh, Sanders had 14 carries for 69 yards, no touchdown. Even the tight end had seven ca- uh, seven catches for 73 yards. Uh, so you know, as you can see from a statistical standpoint, the Eagles did the best they could. Um, they gave up. They gave a great effort, but it just wasn't good enough. The final score was seventeen uh, to nine, which I figured Seattle would be the the team to to move on. Uh, going forward, uh, let's talk about next week's games, and I'm gonna give you my predictions real shortly here. Uh, so Minnesota travels to the 49ers. Uh, that game can be seen Saturday on NBC. One uh, thirty-five is going to be the kickoff. Um, I'm going to go on a loop here. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I think what I saw uh, tonight, or actually yesterday, 
from uh, Minnesota and what they've been able to do defensively as far as the run in the pass. Um, I think that's a tough defense. I think Jimmy G is going to have his hands full. I think they're going to turn the ball over. And I think that um, Minnesota is going to get get going effectively offensively. So I'm going to take Minnesota on Saturday. Tennessee and Baltimore, uh, they're going to kick off at 5.15. On, that game can be shown on CBS on Saturday. I'm going to go with Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore is just they're, just, they're just too much. They have just too much uh, from top to bottom, defensively, offensively. I think they're going to get the job done um, in that game. And then on Sunday's games, Houston will travel to Kansas City. Uh, that game is a 12.05 start uh, on CBS on Sunday. Um, I, I think that Kansas City is going to get the job done. They have to. I think they're going to get the job done at home. If they don't, it'd be one of the biggest upsets, I think, in playoff history um, if that happens. But I, I like KC, Patrick Mahomes. That defense is good. So I like KC. I think KC is going to get the job done at home. Seattle versus Green Bay. Uh, that game is going to kick off 640 Eastern, 340 Pacific on Fox on Sunday. My uh, TV is going to be on mute, or my computer, rather, is going to be on mute because I don't like listening to Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck sucks on Fox, in my personal opinion. However, uh, Seattle versus Green Bay. Uh, My pick is going to be Seattle. I think Seattle can go on the road. I think they're going to take care of business. I think they're going to beat Green Bay. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think Russell Wilson is going to have to do more than pass for 325 yards, one touchdown. I think he's going to have to run the ball a few times. He's going to have to pass the ball a few times. Um, he's just going to have to be a do-it-all do quarterback, get his guys involved. I think they're going to need a lot more from Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I mean, the list goes on. They're going to need everybody uh, to win this game, and they're going to have to execute on both sides of the ball going into Lambeau. Um, but I, I think Seattle can get the job done. Uh, so that's my picks. Uh, news and notes. The Redskins hire Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Ron Rivera is going to be the new head coach. Jack Del Rio is going to be the new uh, defensive coordinator. I like both hires. I like the direction that the Washington Redskins are going in because what they're doing is they're solidifying a, a foundation in coaching. That's the first step because that's what it makes you a, an attractive destination is when you got a foundation of great coaches. You know, that's how you're able to attract some of your defensive players. And then Ron Rivera, this guy got Carolina to the Super Bowl coming over from the Bears as a coordinator. So um, he has a proven track record. So I love the hire. Also, um, Jason Garrett is no longer with the Cowboys as of to as of yesterday. Uh, they've decided that they're going to part ways. So that was a very interesting uh, ordeal because uh, for 10 years he's been screwing this team up. So I'm glad that the uh, Cowboys were able to make a change. And it's time for a change. So who they decide to hire uh, remains to be seen. So let's get into a little bit of the NBA. Um Wow. Uh, If you look at the Eastern Conference and you look at the top eight and you talk about some teams like the Magic. Now, the East, it's 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 pretty straightforward. You know, you can only you could probably win maybe 30 games and possibly get into the playoffs. You can't do that in the West. That's how tough the West is. But I'm looking at Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the number one team. 
uh, in the East. Uh, they're 18 and two at home. They've won eight out of their last 10 and they're 32 and five. That's a great, that so far, it's a great, great year. Uh, they would be the number one seed. The number eight seed is the Orlando magic 16 and 20. They've won four out of their last 10. But if you go back to the playoffs last year, if I'm not mistaken, they made the playoffs last year. Magic's did. If you look at the nets, look how good the nets are. Uh, they're 16 and 18. They've won three out of their last 10. But right now, if the playoffs started today, they're a seven seed and they're without KD and they're without Kyrie Irving. Now, if you think about it, when those guys come back and they're 100 percent, does that change the Nets from a seven seed to maybe a four seed or a three seed? I think so. Uh, the Pacers are 22 and 14. They've won five out of their last 10. They're a six seed. The 76ers have been on uh, much of a losing streak lately. Uh, they're 23 and 14. They've won three out of their last 10. The Raptors are 24 and 12. They've won six out of their last 10. The Heat are hot right now. They've won uh, 20. They actually have the best. I believe they have the best home record now. Uh, they're 18 and 1, the best home record in the Eastern Conference. And they're 25 and 10. And they've won seven out of their last 10 ball games. Boston is 25 and eight. They've won eight out of their last 10. And they're the second best team in the East. So the, the East is a little bit interesting. Um, the East is, 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 is very much alive. Uh, if you, let's shift over to the Western Conference. Now, the Western Conference to me is a little, it's a little personal for me because, you know, I've hear, heard a lot about the Lakers and I've, I've actually, <clears throat> said some things about my Lakers, um, but they've been able to turn things around. Uh, let's start off with the Blazers. That Right now, if the playoffs started today, the Blazers will be an eighth seed. The, the Blazers have won. Uh, they went 15 and 21. They've won five out of their last 10. However, with all the injuries that they've had, they would have been able to sign Carmelo Anthony. And before they signed Carmelo, they were not even – I think they were like top 10, top nine. They were not like in playoff contention. With Carmelo and how hot he's playing, they're AC. So I thought that was an interesting stat. Uh, Thunder, seven seed. They they twenty and fifteen. They've won nine out of their last ten. The Mavs are twenty two and twelve. They won five. They won five out of their last ten. The Jazz are pretty hot right now. They've won nine out of their last 10. They're 23 and 12. The Clippers are the fourth best team in the league right now, 26 and 12. They've won six out of their last 10. The Rockets are 24 and 11. They've won seven out of their last 10. The Nuggets are 24 and 11 as well. They're the second best team in the West. They've won seven out of their last 10. The Lakers are 28 and seven. They have the best road record in the league at 15 and three. And they have won six out of their last 10. So you can so that kind of gives everybody like an indication of how these how how things are working so far. Um and wow, the Jazz, I mean, they've won nine of their last ten. That's pretty good. Considering they were a seven seed about a month ago. Now here's a serious question, and this is as you're as you're in your cars or as you're listening to the show here. I want people to think about this question. This is a serious question, but I'm also going to answer it at the same time. Should the Lakers trade Kyle Kuzma? That's 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 a serious question. 
I think so. I would trade Kyle Kuzma. I will put him on the block and see what his worth is, if it's worth trading at all. Obviously, somebody in the Lakers organization, they're saying, hey, let's see what Kyle Kuzma's worth because they need another player. So to me, what I trade him, it depends on what I can get for him. If it's if it's a player that I can't refuse, I'm I'm open to it. I would be open to it, but I'm not going to give him away. And I think that's really what the Lakers are saying in, in so many words. They're just not going to give that guy away. Um, it's not going to happen. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of trades that go down. I believe February 4th is the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken. Going to be a lot of trades that go down. So be on the lookout for that. Um, sources tell me 75 players will be moved. I think that's a lot of players for the trade deadline. Uh, but it's certainly a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out. So that's the way the NBA season is uh, cooking up here. College football. Wow. Um, a lot of upsets. A lot of upsets in college football. But the main thing and the main game that everyone's talking about is Monday night, January 13th, national championship. National championship. Uh, Clemson versus LSU. And I'm telling you, and I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. Uh, But at the end of the day, um, I think the reality of it is LSU is going to win the ballgame. Hate to say it. Hate to to bust anybody's bubble or anything like that. But LSU is going to win the game. Right now, they're the most complete team from top to bottom. The most complete team from top to bottom. I mean, this is a team who went through the SEC. They beat a lot of teams with ease. I mean, with with with. I mean, if you look at the game they just played against Oklahoma, they beat Oklahoma decisively. There was no ifs, ands, buts about it. Jalen Hurts, I think, played the best he could. It ju- it just wasn't enough. But you 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 gave everything you had against a powerhouse defense. It's it's unbelievable how good LSU is. And I I think Monday night, everyone will see how good um, they'll see how good LSU is. They're going to find that out. We're all going to, I know how good LSU is. I've watched them. I know how good they are. Now, real quick, before I uh, end my show here, um, I want to get to boxing. A little bit. And um, there's a lot of boxing that has transpired. A lot of boxing has happened. Uh, let's start with Earl Spence. Earl Spence is my guy. <clears throat> I think Earl Spence, pound for pound, is up there. Um, I think that I'm with Terrence Crawford. You got to fight somebody, man. You know, let, let's give the people what they want to see. They want to see you, Terrence Crawford, unification. That's what we all want to see. You know, and I think 2020 has to be the year that it happens. I think so. I, you know, and, and one thing, and I don't know if people had the chance to really catch the interview with Andre Ward interviewing uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, one thing that he said I thought was very interesting was that 
everybody that they put in front of him, he's beat. He's beat decisively, too. I thought his last fight, though, that he fought on ESPN, I thought he struggled a little bit. I thought the guy was probably a little bit better uh, than he expected. And so, but anyway, he won the fight. That's the bottom line. He 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 did his thing. And and right now, Terrence Crawford to me um, is probably one of the most feared fighters in the uh, welterweight division because um, I don't think anybody wants to fight him. I really I really doubt that Earl Spence wants to fight him. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, let me get to T Tiafimo Lopez for a minute. Um, he beat Cromey, um, and he, and he won fair and square. Um, I'm not going to say anything negative, but I will say this. I think that he's jumping the gun. I think that, um, if he fights, if he fights Lomachenko, he's going to, he's going to get beat. I could tell you that right now. Um, I just think Lomachenko is, is too much for him. Um, because I'll tell you this, if you think about it, Terrence Crawford, I'm not Terrence Crawford, I'm sorry. He's not going to beat Javante Davis at all. He's not going to beat Javante. Um, so that's why I didn't think Tiafimo Lopez should be fighting Lomachenko with only 15 wins, but he's a champion and he feels that, you know, he can do it. So, um, hey, if he feels he has the skills, then I guess that remains to be seen. Anyway, so this is my show. For this morning, I'm glad everyone was able to tune in. Tune in tomorrow. I'll be with you again at 8 a.m. on the dot. So tune in tomorrow. This is the John Kirkland Show, and we'll see you tomorrow.